Good morning, everyone. Obviously, I am not Jordan Green. My name is Jamie, and I'm the associate pastor here at Pursuit, and I'm gathered here to speak to you this morning because Jordan asked me to, and the Lord laid something I believe powerful on my heart. And right here, I'm with some of the most wonderful people in the world, the staff right here at Pursuit, and I feel so very blessed to be here and be a part of what God is doing right here at Pursuit, and I'm glad you're here this morning. So join with me in prayer. Gracious, holy God, we love you today. I thank you for all the people that's gathered right here in this building. I thank you for every person that's gathered out there right now that is tuning in, that is listening to your word today, holy God, and that is my prayer. That the words that go out today, they be your words, Holy God, and not my words. I pray, Holy Spirit, just guide me. Lord, as I talk about the subject that you've laid on my heart, I pray, God, that it find its place in the lives, in the minds, in the hearts of every single person willing to hear and willing to take them in. All that I ask, Lord, is in the name of Jesus. Amen. All right, the subject, if it had a title, it would be, Jesus Christ caring for people through people. One of the coolest stories that I ever heard was from a pastor of mine years ago, and he, he told it from the pulpit, and it's such a simple story, but it's such a powerful story. And he tells the story of a dad and a son, little boys sleeping in his own bed now. He's grown up, he's mature, but he has some difficulty at night sleeping. So every once in a while he wakes up and he's scared, his dad goes in there, talks to him, and says, Son, listen, we believe in Jesus. And each time that you have fear or something happens while you're sleeping, just pray to Jesus, and he'll comfort you. And that was fine with the little boy. He went back to sleep, and he'd done this on several nights. And one night in particular, a man had gone in, shared that with him. The little boy went back to sleep. wasn't long. Here he come again to the bedroom. Dad, I can't sleep. I'm just afraid. And the dad went through the process, told him, same thing again. Third time, the little boy comes to his room. And he starts to tell him, son, listen, you pray. Just, I know, dad, I know, I prayed. He said, but tonight, I just need somebody with skin on. We're Jesus with skin on to everyone else in the world. This is the Lord's prescription for getting his word out. His light to shine through us. In 2 Corinthians 4, verses 5, 6, and 7, For what we proclaim is not ourselves, but Jesus Christ our Lord. God has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. We have this treasure in these jars of clay to show that the surpassing power belongs to God and not us. I believe that with all my heart. The longer I live, the more I know that it's true. I believe that and I stand on it. But there's times when I still need Jesus through somebody else. Doesn't it help to have a hug, a word, a handshake, some fellowship with another believer, someone that is strong in faith? Have we all been blessed by that? Most definitely. And that's what I want to talk about today. And I want to talk about it through a young man who Terry talked about last week, I want to talk to you a little bit about Stephen in Acts chapter 6. The thing about Stephen, it can be summed up, if you're just looking at him, it can be summed up like this. Stephen was a helper, Stephen was a martyr, Stephen was a faithful man. 
as a helper, the early church had experienced some tremendous growth. I mean, they grew from 120 in the upper room to the day Peter preached, they gained 3,000 people. Can you imagine that? I mean, just the a massive growth that we've seen here at Pursuit. It's been amazing. I can't imagine picking up 3,000 people. You've heard Jordan tell the stories before. Can you imagine him? On that day, we got 120 people. Well, that evening, he calls one of the elders and goes, Hey, Mark, you know, we just had 120 people. We just bought those new chairs. But uh, yeah, I've got 3,000 people going to come next Sunday. Hello, Mark. Mark. You see what I mean? It just don't even make sense. But this is what the church was dealing with. And so there was a dispute that rose between the Hellenists, which they're the Greek people. And so there in this format, they had already put some systems together to take care of poor people within the church and specifically the widows. So the Greeks approached the apostles and the disciples and said, listen, our widows are just not being taken care of like we think they should. Something's wrong. Something's breaking down in the system. And, and then... The disciples respond when you, you've heard it preached and talked about many times. They knew that they were given a very strict and powerful command from Jesus Christ. They were the apostles. They were the preachers. They brought the word of God. And they said, how or why should we take time away from that calling to feed or to care for and, and, and deal with this issue of the poor? So they prayed about it, and they thought about it, and they come up with an idea that they would choose seven godly, seven men of good reputation, and seven men full of the Holy Spirit that would take on these responsibilities. And that's where we meet Stephen for the very first time. They mentioned the other six, but Stephen is what our story is about today. A snapshot of Stephen's life and ministry would be something like this. Chosen to help, did great wonders, signs among the people, great wisdom in speaking, a face that shone like an angel, arrested and preached to his captors and the judges, prayed for his accusers as he was being stoned to death. Stephen was the first Martyr. But more importantly, Acts 6 5 said they chose Stephen, a man full of faith. Stephen demonstrated his faithfulness by taking on what would seem to many as just a menial, just a small, just a just just a just an issue that, that's going on. Let's this. This is the church over here. This, this stuff's going on over here. But Stephen took that menial job of caring for the poor, caring for the widows, because he was a faithful man, a faithful follower of Jesus Christ. These divisions that arose from the Greeks, and I want to note this, they were foreigners in this land. They weren't like everybody else in the city. They were different. But Stephen, through his faithfulness and his love for Jesus Christ, became Jesus even to those poor widows. I want to ask you, what is it in your life or your walk with the Lord that you need to be faithful in? What is it going on right now 
What has God been, been urging you or inspiring you or speaking to you about that you really need to be faithful in? Is it your family? Is it raising your children? Are you a caregiver for an ailing parent? Is it your job? Only you can really know this. But I want to tell you there are countless obstacles in our lives that can hinder us from actually accepting what God would have us do or hinder us from actually being faithful in the task at hand. There's many of those, but I want to talk about two. Two that I call calling killers. The first is ambition. Ambition. It can cause you to look past the task at hand. Rush to a completion so you can move on. It can cause you to miss some of the greatest work God has for you in the simplest of things. You see, Stephen took the menial task of helping, of serving, of feeding, of caring the poor. But it seems it was in the service of this duty that God used him in some mighty, mighty ways. You see, Acts records that as, Steve began to, as Stephen began to serve, there were signs, wonders, and miracles that followed what Stephen did. Some of the greatest work done by the believer is truly just being Jesus with skin on. Being Jesus to someone. 2 Corinthians 1.4 He, Jesus, comforts us in our troubles, our afflictions, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction or any trouble with the same comfort which we ourselves have been comforted directly from God. Don't miss what God is wanting to do in your life through the simplest of things. It was out of this that God used Stephen mightily. Don't let ambitions distract you from the true work of the Lord. Ambitions could have distracted Jordan years ago when he first felt a calling. It could have distracted him when he was offered some pretty good jobs as he was coming out of college. But you've heard him testify. He got before the Lord, even in the darkness, in the little church not far from here. And he poured himself out to God. And he did what God laid on his heart. It wasn't guided by ambition. He wasn't distracted by that. He followed what God would have him do. And we're here today, and God is still moving in him. Terry tells her story in her book, and you've heard her teach about it. Terry, give her heart to the Lord, and, 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 and you know without a shadow of a doubt that, that the Lord is just using Terry in powerful ways, but there was a time when her children were small. She could have been distracted by her children just trying to get out there and do what she felt God would have her do. But she didn't. She wasn't distracted by any ambition. She knew her mission at that point was her children. And what a powerful story that is. And that story is still being told today over and over through her life and the lives of her children. How I think about John Doggett. You know, so many times in my life I've seen people use ministries within church, especially in student and youth ministry. They use it as a stepping stone for greater things. 
well, I'll take this job, but that's what I want to do is I want to be a preacher. I want to get up there on the stage. I want to do this. I want to do that. So many times, student and kid ministries, they suffer because they become stepping stones for people to move on to something else. Well, John was an executive at Lowe's for years, and him and Jennifer built one of the most powerful student ministries I've ever seen or heard of in my entire life. And he's still doing that today. God opened the door for him to walk away from that job. And now he's full time. But guess what he still does? He still ministered to students. And there's so much power in that ministry. God may move him on to something else later. But that's his heart. He's fulfilling. He's not distracted by anything to the calling that God's got on his life right now. So don't let ambition distract you from the task at hand. The other thing, number two of those two things, is reluctance. <clears throat> you don't feel worthy. You don't, you're not good enough. Fear can cause you to not engage in the task at hand. Now, there's many of us has probably felt that way at one time or another. I know I have. There are many things in this flesh and blood, life, that causes us to be reluctant, to cause us to feel unworthy or unable. There are many here today or watching at home that we could mention or talk about. You've pushed through being reluctant. You've stepped into something, whatever it is, and God is using you mightily. There are mighty things that happen that a lot of people never ever hear about. The greatest miracle of all time is the redemption of a lost soul. So if your, if, if your fellowship, if your Bible study, if, if your contact with somebody leads them in that direction, you may not be the one that directly leads them, but something you do, you invite them to church or you just love on them. You are planting seeds and that seed leads to redemption. You are part of that. That is a mighty miracle in this life. Don't disregard those things. But I want to talk about a few that I have witnessed <clears throat> right here at Pursuit. Those that have suffered through great loss, great pain, and they grieve, and yet they serve. I'm going to talk about just a couple people here. So I want to first talk about Miss Linda McNally, a precious, precious soul who lost her husband just a few years ago. And after following... God's leading, she really surrendered her life to God. And God brought her here to pursuit. Now she, along with the help of a few others, now head up a grief ministry for others that have lost loved ones in different situations. And she also has devoted her time to, to become even deeper in grief ministry and be a part of our Stephen ministry. It's a caregiving ministry that we have here at this church. But I want to read a few more names to you. And I'm just going to read them out. One by one. Alec Hensley. Aidan Noonan. Jimmy Barnes. Addison Parrish. And Garrett Gray. Each of these young men died at a very early age. Each of these families 
are a part of pursuit or are closely connected to people here at Pursuit. They all have parents that are grieved and they have mourned the loss and always will in some form or fashion. Yet they have all in one way or another through their pain started charities, are involved in ministries, sending inspiring cards, reaching out to other families in similar circumstances. It's a powerful thing in the face of such loss, such deep grief, to be willing to answer the call that God puts on your life to care for others. Michelle and Jeff Bencham, if any of you listening here today have not heard the song, Even When, you need to go to Pursuit's YouTube worship page and find it. There's also a video there on behind the song on, on why and what inspired Taylor to write that song. It started as he was having difficulty, him and his wife with the pregnancy, and then it ended inspired by Michelle and Jeff Fincham during the death and the loss of their son. It's a testament to how people can inspire others even in the midst of their own deep and hurting difficulties. Greg and Marla Hensley, they attended our first grief group a couple years back. And now, along with Dave and Jennifer Newton, they lead that grief group, and it's been going on for almost two years. There's other families come in. There's many families that's been ministered to. Many families have felt comfort in listening to others that have gone through exactly the same thing they've gone to. Just let them know that there's hope. Just being Jesus with skin on. Dave and Jennifer Noonan, they started Aiden's Light, a memorial fund that purchases and sends soccer balls to poor children across the world through other mission teams. And those balls have a message of the gospel of Jesus Christ on them. They're also seeing an inspiration that they felt the Lord leading them to do right after we started the grief group here. And they're seeing it come to fruition this year. In November, in the mountains of Boone, North Carolina, they'll host their first retreat for parents that have lost children. Jimmy and Lana Parrish started a scholarship fund called the Addison Kent Parish Gamer Scholarship. Is for athletes graduating from East Lincoln High School. Jamie and Judy Barnes started a charity called Jimmy's Stocking Project. Through Christmas stockings filled with Christmas goodies and other important things, they raise awareness for the North Carolina Rehabilitation Programs, and they also give those stockings and minister to those people that find themselves in those facilities. What is it that you need to be faithful in? What's stopping you from being faithful? Is it pain? Is it loss? Is it something else? Is it ambition? What is it? Are you in kids ministry? Students ministry? Are you a volunteer? Are you on the missions team? Are you part of the warriors men ministry? Maybe you have Bible studies. Host group leaders. Ministry to the homeless, room in the end, I'm sure I missed some. But there are also volunteers who give their time to minister through caring ministry called Stephen Ministry. 
And part of this is our grief ministries. Meals of love as well. Card ministries. Senior and elderly ministries. Benevolence. All of these things that people give their time and effort to, to care. And some of these seem like many to be menial tasks, menial jobs, but I can tell you, I can report to you today that God is moving in a powerful way, even in the smallest of things. Don't let anything hinder you from being faithful to the task at hand. Don't let anything stop you. Don't let the enemy make you think that you're not good enough. All that you will ever need, you already have in the redeeming power of Jesus Christ. And when you receive that, when you surrender yourself, you'll be filled with the mighty Holy Spirit. And he guides you into that work just like he guided Stephen. Just like Stephen accepted a menial task. He could have wanted to be a disciple. He could have wanted to stand up there with Peter and preach and see 3,000 people come to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. He might have wanted to be part of that council, but you would never know it because the Bible reports that he was a faithful man and he was given that job. He fulfilled it. And when he fulfilled it, God anointed him and powerful things happened. He was willing to die for it. And I have no doubt in my mind that somehow through his life, the Apostle Paul, that memory of that day was brought back to him. And I believe his memory of the faithfulness of Stephen even unto death. When Stephen stood there, Paul witnessed it. I see Jesus standing at the right hand of the Father. And as they were throwing the stones, he still said, Father, forgive them. Don't hold this against them. He was still at that moment trying to minister to them in his last agonizing moments on this earth. Oswald Chambers wrote once and said this, We are in constant preparation. It is not suddenly accomplished. All of our experiences Good and bad, glorious or frightening, joyful or painful, God will use in preparing us for the next phase, the next mission, the next person. We are that comfort to the hurting. We are the light to those that are in darkness. We are Jesus with skin on each time someone would really just love to hug the Redeemer. And I have really been praying especially for you host group leaders that are out there near this facility and all across this nation. God is using you for something that's way bigger than yourself. And you may think that you're not even worthy to do that. You're not. But the power of the redeeming Jesus Christ makes you that because it's him that works through you. It's the Holy Spirit that will empower you and unction you to do something that is far beyond your limitations. I love each and every one of you. God wants to use you in powerful ways. Many times it's going to come through those small things. Don't neglect that. Don't be distracted. Let God use you in a powerful and wonderful 
way. Let's pray. Gracious Lord, I want to thank you for your word today. Lord, I thank you for all the people that you have put in my path. The opportunity that I've been able to see you work in powerful ways through other people. I thank you, God, that you've assembled those right here at Pursuit. The staff, the volunteers, this, 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 this army that you've put together for your kingdom. But I also thank you, Holy God, for those that are out there listening that's never even been to this building. Perhaps they've never even set foot in Denver, North Carolina. Lord, I thank you for them. You are raising up people all across this nation. You want to empower people. You want to fill people with your spirit. You're looking for anybody that their name will be noted among those that were faithful to Jesus Christ. And when you find that person, you desire to work through them. You desire to lift them up at due time to train them, to teach them, and to have your word broadcast the light into darkness, holy God. That's how you choose to call people to the saving knowledge that you have provided through Jesus Christ. Lord, I thank you for this day, and I will give you the praise and the glory for everything. In the name of Jesus, amen.